Welcome to Conversations in Business with RSM, where we talk to business leaders and experts to gain valuable insights that will help you move your business forward. Hello and welcome to RSM Conversations in Business. Uh, today we are going to be talking about ESG and I've got a very exciting guest actually on the call. Uh, so I'm joined today by Belinda Carrera. She is the co-founder and co-CEO of Sustainable DNA. Belinda, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Thielen. It's it's great to be on the show. So before we go into you know ESG and maybe some of the basics around it and you know how it's impacted in, in from a South African aspect, uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit how did Sustainable DNA come about? Well, a few years ago, I, I went to a, a finance uh, function that Psycho held. And um, I met a colleague there, uh, Damien Judge, who's the CFO at Trellidor. And he said to me, you know, we should be doing, uh, you know, more to help South Africa become more sustainable and achieve the SDGs. And so we had a think about it and we developed this project called Sustainable South Africa. And we took it to Saika and uh, Saika ended up actually sponsoring it. And uh, we did a whole lot of podcasts and webinars and uh, we're writing articles and sharing on sort of how we could help South Africa as, uh, you know, finance people and as CAs and, and business people to achieve each of the SDGs. And, um, you know, really from there, um, that is where the, my sustainability journey um, started. And then um, I then uh, started working on um, some clients and uh, doing their sustainable, uh, sustainability strategies. And, um, you know, one of the gaps in the work that I was doing was that uh, we needed to build software so that we could help clients to report on a sustainability more easily and, um, you know, to decrease the risk of uh, inaccurate information, um, to decrease the assurance costs, you know, to have it all automated in the system. So I had met um, my business partner now, uh, Dr. Jan Swartz. And I said to him, well, why don't we team up and uh, form a sustainability consulting business where, you know, I work on the strategy and consulting side and you build a great software to help clients to implement it. So that's how Sustainable DNA came about. And yeah, it's been a, it's been a great journey so far. Belinda, that's really sort of exciting. I think, you know, particularly around the technology aspect, just in generally you know, from a finance standpoint, uh, getting sort of finance leaders to generally understand ESG and sort of the components in it, uh, and you know how does it then impact uh, the the business uh, aspect and you know maybe their financial reporting. It's it is quite difficult, and and I think also one of the challenges which we'll maybe talk about uh, later on is exactly that in terms of the cost of of reporting the cost of implementation of certain of ESG practices sometimes in businesses. So, you know, the, the use of technology, I think, is is quite critical. And I think you guys have probably started off in quite at quite a good space because just internationally, you know, there's very few companies, I think, that have maybe come to the forefront uh, in terms of, you know, the, the development of, of these sort of systems this early on. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um. You know, I think everybody is realizing how important technology is to implementing a sound sustainability strategy. And, you know, even to have a basic sort of ESG scorecard and ESG metrics, you really need the, the technology to support that. So it's it's becoming a necessity. It's like, um, you know, if I think back to probably, you know, before my time, although I've been, uh, you know, CF for quite a while, but um, before we had systems like Oracle or SAP or, or anything for uh, financial, 
you know, keeping the general ledger and reporting. Yeah. Um, you know, if you if you think back, like uh, probably in, in my dad's time when they kept those huge manual ledgers and uh, how, how cumbersome that process ended up being. And then, you know, everything got automated. And, you know, the rate that our technology is developing today is is exponential compared to how it was, you know, in, a few decades ago. And, um, you know, we've got a lot of more people um, in, you know, with software skills and, and development skills today. And so, um, yeah, everyone's now needing the technology and realizing that technology can really help because they've seen what it can do in, in other areas. Yeah. So ESG, from just a high level sort of background, uh, we're talking about, you know, the three pillars here, which is environmental, social and governance. Internationally, it's a set of standards that that's, I would say generally used to evaluate a company's performance in those sort of three areas or maybe bench it against those three areas. And they may vary, I think, from jurisdiction to jurisdiction or, or region to region that I think may be more mature in some of those areas, like, say, the European Union, etc. Maybe regions that are maybe less mature from a, a regulation a- aspect in it. Uh, but those factors are often used by investors to make informed decisions. And I think that the use of those factors are, are ever in increasing now where where investors are actually looking for where's their money going and how is it being used from a from a sustainable aspect in terms of you know climate change uh, to make sure that their investments are responsible or socially responsible so you know where would what would you say is maybe the top 3 concerns or or challenges around ESG from a from a South African aspect yeah, that's a that's a great question, and it, it is a very important. Um, I agree with you to to investors and in the landscape around the reporting. You're right on a global basis has been evolving. Um, so the top three concerns or challenges from a South African perspective, I think it's that um, we are quite lucky in the way that the JSE came up with um, disclosure guidance for sustainability and for climate change. Um, last year on the 14th of June, they issued the, uh, the disclosure guidance. But of course, that applies to, you know, to listed companies, and it's not yet a regulatory reporting requirement. However, most of the listed companies that I know and that I've been involved with have started to, to implement, um, you know, reporting around systems to support the reporting around the JSE sustainability disclosure guidelines. So I think that is like one of the major concerns is that they haven't had all of the reporting that's required there in their entities before. Some of them have been on the journey for quite a while. And um, there's been a lot of, like you said, a lot of different standards out there and, and a lot, you know, that people could choose to report from. For example, a lot of companies use the GRI, which is the Global Reporting Initiative Standards. Um, some of them use the, uh, you know, the Sustainability Accounting Standards Board guidance. Um, so there's, and, you know, you mentioned the FRAG guidance and, you know, there's obviously also the TCFD, which is the Task Force for Climate-Related Financial Disclosures. So, you know, sorry, I, I don't mean to, to list all of all of these and and get confusing here. But what I wanted to say is that from the past, there was a number of different standards that people could on a voluntary basis choose to report on. Now what has happened is that it's become sort of a requirement for listed companies to use the JSE uh, Sustainability and Climate Change Disclosure Guidance to to report on. So that is one of the challenges that uh, companies face now is 
how do we do all of this reporting and we should implement it within, you know, the leading metrics um, should be done within the next two years and the basic metrics should be done within a year. So, you know, that's that's caused a lot of extra burden on companies to, to do that. And they want to do it because, of course, um, you know, investors are now looking to benchmark company against company on this reporting and to look at how far they are on their sustainability journey. So that's one of the major challenges. I think one of the, the second challenge for us in a South African context around, uh, you know, ESG, particularly when we look at environments, um, is looking at uh, where we are at on, you know, in particular, our renewables uh, journey. And, um, you know, because carbon dioxide uh, has a, a huge impact on, on climate change, as we know. And um, obviously, we've used coal to provide electricity. Now we are implementing uh, renewables. And it's it's how, how quickly we can manage to do that because we're having these huge amounts of power outages and, and no electricity. And, um, you know, so it's like, how do we get renewables into the mix and how do we build the grid, a stable grid that's, uh, that's, uh, supports renewable energy supply? So, um, I saw yesterday that our president, Sarah Ramaphosa has uh, said we need to uh, speed up the uh, renewable uh, energy implementation within our country so that it can, um, you know, supplement for now the, the coal-fired energy and then eventually uh, perform, the, you know, form the larger part of our, of our electricity generation. So I think that's one of, that's another one of our major challenges in South Africa is how do we speed up this renewables um, journey within our country? It's a good point there because, you know, one of the, the things that people are, tr- you know, tr- always try to balance is economic growth with, let's, you know, they, they, they show social responsibility towards uh, in the environment, things like ESG and lowering their carbon emissions. And I think especially in a country like ours or in a developing country that, you know, they it, they focused on. I would say maybe carbon emissions is not necessarily their, their big focal point. Uh, and they might think that investment in, in sort of renewable energies, et cetera, are, are not going to drive economic growth or in investment in our, in our infrastructure, particularly like our power grids, is not going to drive it as fast as it, as it needs. But it's probably the other way around, actually, isn't it? Um, yeah, so it's it's an interesting dynamic. And I think that it's definitely evolved, particularly at a, an accelerated rate. I think I've seen definitely since actually COVID-19, you know, that this whole climate change agenda has really picked up pace. And um, what's happened now is that companies are not able to avoid looking at um, their carbon emissions and everything and, and looking at potentially investing in renewable energy because banks are not funding, you know, organizations that don't report on, on their carbon emissions anymore, or they're looking or they're asking them for these numbers and what is their climate strategy. So funding, and like you said, on the investor side of things, it's becoming more difficult for organizations to grow and expand unless they're take renewables into their energy mix. So it's it's coming from all sides. And you're right. I mean, you know, we can't expand and grow as a developing country unless we look at including renewables into our infrastructure and into our energy mix. And so we are actually doing that. And um, we have made commitments in terms of the Paris Agreement and um you know, being at the COPES and uh, Sura Ramaphosa has been discussing very seriously what a just transition looks like for South Africa. And it's one of the things that, you know, we personally at Sustainable DNA 
take very seriously when we're advising our clients is, is what is your just transition plan and how are you going to change, you know, upskill people and change people's skills so that they can work with uh, different sources of energy and, um, you know, different innovations that relate to green technology. So really, I think this brings me to probably what the third challenge is, is it's it's a lack of skills and it's a lack of understanding around what is sustainability really and um, what do we need to do in order to become a sustainable organization and also to become a sustainable country yeah and and, and achieve economic growth with it you mentioned um obviously the the sdg um just earlier on and i yeah. think you know one of the misconceptions when i'm sort of speaking to you know some of the clients on our side is also they think that there is a lack of guidance, that because it hasn't been very driven from a regulatory perspective in our country, that there is a lack of guidance around it. But as you mentioned, the SDG, which came into into effect last year, which obviously does pertain to listed entities, but it is quite a good sort of framework that the JSE has actually brought out to be able to promote transparency and disclosure of, of ESG information by companies that, and then yes, it's starting off with listed entities, uh, but it doesn't mean it can't be, you know, used by and extrapolated into, into the SME areas or into, into companies that are within the middle market. So maybe, can you maybe just give us a little bit of an, an indication of what topics are, or, or maybe broad ranges that are covered in the SDG? Okay, so basically the SDGs is um, the Sustainable Development Goals, and those were issued by the United Nations. Um, they, you know, that we had first before the Sustainable Development Goals. I don't know if you remember, there were the Millennium Development Goals. Yeah. And then anyway, in 2015, they decided to do these 17 Sustainable Development Goals. And everyone signed up to say, we're going to work on achieving these SDGs by 2030. So there are 17, and the first one is uh, no poverty, um, you know, good health and well-being is SDG number three. Uh, partnerships for the goals is SDG number 17. And um, so the United Nations um, has got a lot of information on that on their website. And South Africa as a country and each country around the world um, would go and track against how they were working towards achieve in each of these SDGs. Each of the SDGs has got a set of targets that need to be achieved. And then there's a set of indicators that support those targets that measure, you know, the achievement of each of those SDGs. So the last country report that I've seen that was issued by South Africa on the SDGs was in 2019. And um, what happened then, we had COVID and a lot of data was looking towards how do we address COVID and, and get vaccinations and everything out to everyone and address the, that, that national health crisis. But I think, um, yeah, so that's where the SDGs are. And we, we've fallen back slightly on, you know, the journey that we were having towards achieving some of the sustainable development goals. But still, good progress has been made. And I think a very good report on the SDGs, also an, a, an organization that does a lot of work in Africa, is one issued by the Gates Foundation. And they issue a goalkeeper's report. And it basically shows um, what 
you know, progress has been made and where the pain points are on achieving each of the SDGs. And also the UN um, sponsored um, some work here through UNCTAD, where they came and they were helping South Africa set up reporting, you know, around the SDGs. And um, yeah, so that project has also been done in South Africa. So that's on the SDG side of things. And then, you know, the JSE side of things is separate to that because the JSE is um, speaking about uh, disclosure guidance for, for companies um, that relate to sustainability and that relate to climate change. And that disclosure guidance um, speaks to, you know, it, it lists the frameworks that it refers to. And those frameworks would be the GRI, the TCFD, SASB, um, you know, the World Economic Forum. So, yeah, that's that's there's a slight difference between the SDGs and, and the guidance that has been issued by the JSE. But, you know, on on the on the sustainability journey, of course, um, we would be helping to achieve the SDGs. So in sustainability reporting, we'd list the SDGs that um, the organization is helping the areas that it works in to achieve. And, um, you know, but the SDGs have formed a really good foundation and a good framework to help us become more sustainable, um, both on an organization basis, a country basis, and actually, in fact, also on a global basis. Belinda, thank you very much for for that context. I think, you know, a a lot of people listening, I think they had a lot of misconceptions and maybe confusions around, you know, what information is out there. And I think there's also a lot of misinformation that is potentially out there as well. And I think the more that we can do to clarify a a lot of these sort of topics would actually promote and foster the the adoption of ESG within South Africa. And I know that it has had a significant impact in SA in recent years, but, you know, there has been increased corporate responsibility there is you know better disclosure and transparency that is out there companies are using it for improved uh, investment decisions Um, and all of this I think is culminating in you know fostered sustainable economic growth by promoting responsible business practices and sustainable economic growth I think ESG has helped to create a more stable and, and sustainable economic environment in South Africa so maybe just closing comments from your side yeah, I just think that um, it's how they say, how do you eat an elephant? And it's like <laughs> one bite at a time. And and that's kind of how I see how do you implement, a, you know, a good ESG within your organization? It's one step at a time. And um, yeah, so but I do think I agree with you that we we have started this journey. And um, it's going to it's going to ensure that we, we certainly do achieve sustainable uh, economic growth uh, for our country. So thanks very much. Hey, thank you very much. And thank you, everybody, for listening in on, on this episode of RSM Conversations in Business. That was Conversations in Business with RSM. Experience the power of being understood. Experience RSM. Visit rsmza.co.za.